Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films from a leftist perspective. I'm Nick, and I'm Lewis, and we're here at the end, friends. Um, where we've we've reached the end of Mobster Month, um, and we have a perfect movie for the for the death knell of this <laughs> this lamentable <laughs> period in our lives. Yes, folks, um, we're about to make you an offer you can't refuse. Uh, mm-hmm. That offer is you have to accept that Godfather Part 3 is the best of the Godfather series, oh, or uh, I will get one of my many <laughs> Italian cousins to break your legs. Um, Italian-Americans just just clutch their, their chests all across the country all at once, <laughs> and uh, we, we now have a vendetta on our heads. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Got to run away to, to Sicily or something. Yeah, a bunch become... of mob bosses just had heart attacks, so we've actually ended organized crime. But yeah, yep, that... you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we were ending Mobster Month with The Godfather Part Three, uh, which came out in 1990, directed, of course, by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, yeah, so the funny story: I had never seen any of these movies, um, and and I kind of have a crazy schedule lately. I, I work nights and everything, so like the over the past two and a half days i just mainlined all three of these things in a row amazing i just did a marathon run of all three godfather movies um michael corleone speed run yeah michael corleone speed run yeah i mean they're good who knew wow right like good good series (laughs) (laughs) good series guys that's my my review that's my kudos mr coppola kudos yeah uh i will i I don't think I'll say number three is the best one, but I will say um, Michael is the most interesting he's been in this one. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. He, he's he's the most human. He's the most complex. Um, I'm not going to say he's a cipher in the first two, but like part of his personality is that he's he's unflappable. He's very calculating. He's very kind of removed from from everything and like moving beneath the surface um Mm -hmm. no and like he he just gets drowned out in the first one right i mean like you have james conn you have robert duvall you have marlon brando like the movie is much more like marlon brando's film even more of james Mm -hmm. conn's film than it is really al pacino's um for for much of it definitely that yeah that's definitely true he he kind of like starts off as almost even a secondary character and he he kind of like rises as the movie goes on yeah fit, fittingly, fittingly, fittingly enough. enough i mean obviously there's the whole like you know sicily part and that's obviously like his his perspective only um right right and yeah i mean he's uh, he's the main character blah 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 but i mean i don't know i also hot take i like old al pacino better than i do like young al pacino in terms of like his roles and his acting like i don't know he just like looks like a little muppet like when he's young, he does. He looks. He's cute. He's yeah, like a, he's he's like a cute little dude. He's just like he's he's like this very um. I don't know, like like this evil innocence yeah. to him. Yeah, which I mean, you know, totally works for the character um, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. Um, not that I yeah, no, dislike I, his performance in the other two. It's just I I think he is at his best in this film i'm glad they waited 16 years actually yes no that 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 is good um the first two definitely work as two companion pieces in one of the quotes i did see uh, when reading about number three is that coppola considers this one um like the the denouement to the first two yeah um which is which is true um michael becomes Vito in this one like he he has Vito's role 
uh, it's very comparable um, to Vito's role in the first one. Right. Um, but yeah, no, he and he just has like he has a lot more at stake. He he's he's a lot more vulnerable. He um the way he reacts is a lot more human. He he's kind of like breaking down by the end, mm-hmm. or in 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 the middle he kind of breaks down a little right. bit. Mm-hmm. He has cool glasses. He has great glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this film was actually made in 1990 because Francis Ford Coppola's film, One from the Heart, which he made in 1982, was such a flop. It was made for millions of dollars, and I think the box office hall was something like 600,000. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've never seen it. It's a musical. It takes place in uh, Las Vegas. Apparently, people hated it, so he needed some cash. Paramount had a standing offer. Hey, make another Godfather film they for us. They had an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> yeah literally could not probably would have like become bankrupt um much like Just his nephew uh, was nick cage they did pulled him back times. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so like we said this film stars al pacino uh much older this time 16 years older in fact yep. um andy garcia uh, diane keaton Talia Shire, um, Sofia Coppola, and we'll talk about that more, of course. No, notably, <laughs> notably, and infamously, Sofia Coppola. <laughs> uh, really, really quick, is it is it Coppola or Coppola? I, th- I think it's Coppola. That's how I've always said it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I always say, you know, and, and as do they in the film, like kind of vastly between Corleone and Corleone. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like. That that's the thing with it, a lot of Italian words. Like even Italian Americans that I know who will go unnamed um, kind of vacillate <laughs> between pronunciations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of of names especially. It's yeah. I think I think it's part of the genetic stupidity. <laughs> oh, shots fired! No, my wife says that like I Italianize like most words I see that end yes. with a vowel. Like I've just yes. I, I, I like a lot of people would maybe like certain words you think are French and you'll make them sound French. Like I just, I just make every word sound Italian. So great. Amazing. Um, yeah. who else do we have in this movie? Eli Wallach, um, yeah. Yeah. George Hamilton, uh, Joe Montaigne, uh, Richard Bright, Bridget Fonda for like two seconds of this movie. Uh, I didn't even notice her. She was the, the, um, journalist. Right. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Barely has a role. Um, yeah. Raph, Valone, Valone, uh, Frank D'Ambrosio, Donald Donnelly, and Helmut Berger. Uh, and notably absent, um, we both noticed that, I mean, impossible not to notice, um, Robert Duvall is not in this movie. Right. Um, his character is killed off in the inter- within the intervening 16 years. Um, and apparently that's because he wanted to be paid the same amount as um, as Pacino. But they didn't want to bankrupt themselves again. Yeah, like Coppola didn't want to bankrupt himself again on his on his movie immediately after one from the heart. Apparently, yeah, they he wanted like some parody and pay, and apparently they were paying Pacino four times as much as they were paying Duvall. So right. he was like, "Nah, fuck it, son." And he doesn't regret it. Apparently, like to this day, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, I get it. I mean, he he did Given- his part, so. Yeah, I mean, given the perception of the film, um, j- just like it, it's kind of infamous at this point, right? Like the the first two Godfather movies are quote unquote some of the greatest movies ever made, and then they 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 fumbled on three, right? That, that's like that's the narrative. Yeah, and I mean George Hamilton's character B.J. Harrison, he's you know he's kind of the fill in right. uh, as the as the company and family lawyer, and like really no one talks about his role as much as they talk about Robert Duvall's role. 
Yeah, I just think um, Tom Hagen was an interesting character in the first two because he he was the adopted son, right? Like as yep. he was the adopted son, but ultimately he was more loyal and more competent and a better brother than either um, Sonia or, or or Fredo. Yeah. He's a way more interesting character um, yeah. than, you know, the, the lawyer cipher character in this one, for sure. Mm-hmm. And granted, he has two films to, you know, get that characterization. So, right. Um, right. yeah, no, for sure. Um, he is, he's, he's missed, definitely, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They also have his, his son in the movie, not the actor Robert Duvall, but they have uh, Hagen's, Hagen's son, son. Yeah. As, a, as a priest who then goes to uh, the Vatican. and uh, He does nothing. Does nothing. I don't really know why he's even in the movie. I, I literally think that was just some like continuity connective tissue. Yeah. Like, see, we see, like, we're not just going to pretend he wasn't there. Like, we're right. going to include him as like a, as a bone to the the godfather continuity maniacs out there more or less yeah yeah exactly um so yeah this film got a lukewarm reception i would say Mm -hmm. more from like fans of the godfather and just audiences in general um a lot of critics liked it 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 was nominated for about seven oscars um Mm -hmm. it made 160 something million and it was only made for like 50 or 60 million so um which is pretty wild because there's some like lavish sets Mm -hmm. It was um, and, and, one of the bigger successes, actually. I mean, the first film, I think, made the most of any of them. The second yeah. film actually didn't do that well at the box office. Um, and then this one did pretty well. I know I know. even even the, the novel that the first one was um, an adaptation of, that, that novel was at the best, was like, it spent a long time on the top of the bestseller list, yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how long exactly three years i have no idea i just made that number up for it it remained on the new york times bestseller list for 67 weeks damn and sold over nine million copies in two years yeah that's pretty good i mean people people like their crime their crime dramas yeah for sure that's a little over a year right 50 yeah two maybe 52 weeks Yeah. yeah yeah um interesting yeah so this film didn't win any any oscars at all um no it was nominated for seven i believe the mm-hmm. first two won best picture both of them yep um, i know uh de niro won best supporting actor for two yep. um pacino did not win for two marlon brando um, won for the first one sure and that's when he yeah. uh doesn't accept the award and he has the uh native american yeah D- yeah chad chad brando um <laughs> injecting some activism into the oscars which is which is great yeah um, but yeah, part three was uh, nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, um, Best Actor and Supporting Role for Andy Garcia, um, Best Music, Original Song um, for the Promise Me You'll Remember song, um, Best Art Direction and Set Direction, Best Cinematography, and Best Film Editing. Hmm. Honestly, it should have won something. Like, Andy Garcia deserved it. He's great. He, he's he's really good yeah. in this movie. I, at first, I was like, oh, God, like, I, I he's doing this bullshit like fiery temper thing but right. like he really he was good um he his character had like had an arc and it was really believable um yeah just a lot more of that humanity I was talking about in this one is due to him 
Yeah, well, I mean, don't tell that to all the Italian-Americans I know because they don't care about the humanity in this film. They don't care about anything in this film. Um, of course not. It's just, you know, it's the one that shall not be named. Uh, is it? Is it really that hated? Like, is it? Is it Star Wars prequels level of of dislike? I would say it's fairly close. Um, okay. You know, I didn't watch three until much later um if one or two were on television which one two and three were always on amc growing up like they would just have like a whole month usually some i think october november where they would just play them on repeat and like Mm -hmm. my grandparents my uncles like they would watch the first two and then like the third one would come around and they're like i could do something else (laughs) (laughs) yeah that make i can i can see that um even like other like friends of mine who like we were at the same time like really getting into film like they would be like uh we don't have to watch that one like we can skip that mm-hmm. one so it took me a really long time to watch it i watched it by myself and i'm like this isn't that bad yeah yeah it's interesting um a lot of that is inevitably due to sofia coppola yeah um i i don't want to say she's awful but i i i'm not on board with your take i don't think she's amazing <laughs> i don't think i don't think she's great um like i i i don't think she's a bad actress it's just like she wasn't ready for the part yet i don't think no she wasn't um yeah i think it was supposed to be winona Ryder, but she really that would have been really yeah that been really interesting yeah she came down with something so they're like oh can't can't use her um there was another actress who got murdered by a fan <laughs> yeah yeah so sophia was was knocking off these actresses she was <laughs> she was getting them sick and having yeah them. she gave one smallpox she killed another one um jesus and then madonna coppola just said was just too old is madonna coppola sophia's older sister no just like madonna like Oh, oh, Jesus! Yeah. Okay, so okay, Madonna, sorry, Madonna. Francis Ford Coppola said Madonna was too. Old. <laughs> he said Madonna sorry. Coppola. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh, I'm sure one of them named one of their kids that. Um, I mean, Sofia Coppola's character is Mary, which is Madonna. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so she won two Razzies: uh, worst supporting mm-hmm. actress and worst new star. Um, Jesus, yeah, fuck, so fuck then, the Razzies! Fuck, fuck so the Razzies! Awful. I mean, I think it's it's why she never acted again. I mean. You know, thankfully she went on to have a, an incredible directing career. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's she's never in another movie. Uh, she's in other Coppola films, like when she's a baby. I think she is the baby who's baptized in the first Godfather film. Let's see right now. Um, or no, maybe she's a baby. Uh, she's a baby in a, or a child in in multiple films of Coppola. She plays Michael Francis Rizzi in the first one uh, just as an infant yeah so that's the baby who's baptized because it's connie's kid the the baptism scene is in yeah it's in one yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's in the first one. yeah right yes yes yeah is it because yeah, it, it happened it happens shortly after Vito's funeral right mm. and then the, and then it kind of transitions into the baptism scene and that's when all the um michael makes his move against all his enemies right and rizzy is connie's husband yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense so um and then in the godfather part two she is she has an uncredited role as child on ship nice <laughs> yeah child on ship awesome well i mean at the ellis island scene, yeah yeah that's right um she oh yeah and she's in episode one the phantom menace she is 
That's she's right. um she's one of the she's one of the handmaidens. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! And she was nominated for a Razzie for that role too. <laughs> she. Okay. Did she even say Fuck a line? Razzie, this is this is some vendetta shit. Yeah, it like, is. She. I think she's the one that has the line like when when they're debating whether or not to leave Naboo, and then. Natalie Portman is playing the handmaiden, but right. but Sofia Coppola is um, in the Queen of Medela getup. Mm-hmm. So like she has literally two lines, and I mean, if you're gonna, not that like you should do this, but like if you're gonna go through the Phantom Menace and you're gonna try to assign like a worst supporting actress role, there are other roles. Oh, for, for sure. other people to pick. Yeah, maybe like you know the guy who does the anti-Semitic caricature, but. <laughs> That is that is some bullshit. Like, is some bullshit. Okay. The guy who made the Razzies, he's a monster. I mean, honestly, we've talked about him before, but um I want to yeah. do the uh the Village People movie. That was the movie and that and Xanadu were the movies that gave him the impetus for the Razzies. He thought they were so terrible that he had to do the Razzies. And like, you know, what's the common denominator there? Like movies that like women and gay people like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he's just a fucking shithead. Oh, and apparently on we're just doing some of our patented live action uh, research here. <laughs> Um, on the Wikipedia page for the Raspberries, it says, as as it is intended to be a humorous award, males performing in drag are eligible to be nominated and honored. So, like, there's some weird kind of, like, old school, like, misogyny and transphobia going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do a whole episode about the Razzies one day, folks. Oh, yeah. We have to do yeah, a yeah. little bit more of our, our research, uh, our, our actual research, our non-patented uh, live <laughs> research. We'll do some uh, pre-research. But this will be right up my alley because it'll be some hate reading, so that's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Godfather Part 3. Um, Sophia Coppola, she, she's not bad. Um, does not deserve the Razzie nomination. Um, her role is kind of thankless she doesn't do much yeah other than no. get bumped off but, and flirt um, with her cousin right that that must be is that like a thing in like italian american circles? um i don't know if it's a thing so much as like i think like just like italian american families are so close that right it right. could potentially happen that that that's kind of a more diplomatic way of putting it than I was asking. Cause like in, in like old world Europe, it's not unheard of. Right. Like, um, mm-hmm. And, and to not, not to put it on Italian Americans. One of my, um, God, I think like my cut, one of my Canadian uncles once removed or something. He did, he did marry his cousin, his really? first, cousin. first cousin. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. um, and everyone says their daughter was like the smartest one of the cousins. Wow. So like, go figure. Are they Catholic as well? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Th- there's the degeneracy right there. It's just Catholicism. <laughs> <That's laughs> Tried cat degenerate bullshit. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I'm I'm not gonna. Pro con is not pro first cousin, <laughs> first cousin marriage. Pro con pro incest. No, it's no, it's not. Folks, we are not. It's not the worst thing in the world, assuming everyone's consented and all that all that crap. But like, um, it's pretty bad though. I mean, like the, the I think the the birth defects are like you know the chance of birth defects in their children is pretty high. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially after a successive generations, like which I'm thinking like more, more of like an old world historical context. That's like more of a, it would be more recurring through through generations, sure. which would lead to, well, the, even in like colonial the, America, I mean like yeah. people were marrying their first cousins all the time, but still it's, mm-hmm. 
Which probably shouldn't happen, guys. Just yeah, Procon, Procon is not pro. <laughs> for his cousin we are marriage. not. No. Um, yeah, that's that's just an unfortunate like role. I think um, she's given only first cousin incest like lines and um, mm-hmm. and character beats. Like I think the majority of her lines, she just says "Hey, cuz." Like that's it. The word "cuz." which is an awkward word in an awkward term of endearment already is said at least a dozen times yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just so weird to hear. Yeah. Um, and then Andy Garcia, he'll like, he'll respond with like a hey, Gugina. <laughs> um, hot take. I, I do like that, that bit of um, characterization here. Cause like, my my interpretation is is the mob um, is so incestuous to begin with. It's it's just like making making this that subtext into into a textual depiction. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, the the mob is continuously killing and and re, in um, procreating itself endlessly in like like this endless cycle. Um, so of course that would only come out in act in an actual act of like attempted um, like it it, it it would actually manifest. As an as an attempted act of like procreation, yeah, I think that makes sense. Sure, um, but it's weird, and I still hate it. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we do have a review here by Jeff Andrew from Time Out, um, and Andrew writes: the unwise insertion of elements from real life, the laundering of money through the Vatican. Founders, because so many details are skated over that the exact implications of Michael's brush with old world power brokers are often obscured. Plot apart, much of what concerns Michael's struggles to defend both his empire and his integrity against mafia peers. It often looks like Coppola is going through the motions. The acting is merely passable, several characters are given nothing to do, and Michael's paranoid self-pity lends the film an absurd morality. Coppola expects us to sympathize with the semblance of virtue. Wrong wrong um <laughs> i agree with like one or two points like the idea that a lot of people don't have anything to yeah, do that's i think uh, that is accurate yeah um but um other than that he's wrong. No. just on every yeah level. no he is he is um the vatican part is know, great the, uh, the acting's the great. Acting is great um i don't think that's what coppola expects us to do i so yeah i don't know the real life ties are brilliant and like they, they do tie into the the papal banking scandal of the early eighties. Right. They do tie um, the Pope in this movie is a fictional creation, but he's very clearly based on Pope John Paul the First, who barely lasted a month in his office before he died of a heart attack. And there are real world conspiracy theories swirling around that. Um, but yeah, the, the tying that into and we can get into the whole religion angle later, which is brilliant. But like tying that into this mob business is 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 great. Like they, they do that in part two. The whole Cuban the whole Cuban Revolution ties in like is a is a central plot point of part two. Yeah, but you know, I think this reviewer's response and, and many people's response was like, oh well they did it well there and they did it poorly here. But I just I don't agree many with people that. People are wrong. Yeah. So. <laughs> most people are wrong. Um if this podcast is any indication, most people are wrong. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like Diane Keaton is given nothing to work with in this film. I no. really, no, I was, I was really disappointed by that because she's such an integral part of the other two films. She's good in this one. Um, she has a good dynamic and relationship with Michael. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, they they're very believable as like this 
older divorced couple who who clearly were in love before but like kind of are awkward around each other but yeah she functionally to the plot she does nothing no yeah and some of her dialogue is just like the worst especially the yeah. first scene where we see her and al pacino again together like oh yeah i just yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just very rote bullshit um another thing i didn't like um was that there's a lot of weird establishing shots and in, in, especially in the like the first part of the movie yeah um there, there's one scene it's like the the corleones they, they have like a penthouse apartment in some sky rise in new york um and there's like this distance shot and then it zooms in slowly to like their floor and then it just cuts to inside. It's it's very awkward and very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some really weird like New York skyline shots. Like that one shot after he talks to the bishop um, or the archbishop about like taking over the company. There's like that uh-huh. like eagle eye view of a skyscraper. Maybe it's their building and it's kind of like... It's, it's like not a canted angle, but it's just like a really weird angle. And then that's when like all the newspapers come up and they start talking about like him and Immobiliary. Like just a really weird right. establishing shot. I don't know yeah. like what, what the function of it was. Um, there, there was one good one toward, towards the beginning. Um, I think it was when Michael first went to go meet the archbishop. Um, but it's looking up at the church. Yes, what, what, that was good. What church? Yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and then like behind it, there's this glass monolith like mm-hmm. towering over it. That, yeah, that was a nice one. That was a good one. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the first few shots of the film are really good. They're the, the Lake Tahoe compound. Um, mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, that was really nice. Compound um, and like the the kind of like spidery panes of the window yeah. with like the glass broken in between them. That was mm-hmm. very very uh, evocative. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, what, let's get into the which, m- which look going off our notes here. What, which song did you hate? Oh my God. Yeah. The song in the first, um, when, after he gets the award and they're at the reception at the party. Yeah. And Talia Shire, she's singing, Connie's singing. Oh and yeah. And like they keep yeah, passing okay. around the microphone. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. song, a Kumpari. Uh, <laughs> and then like each verse, like they talk about like another instrument that like you, it's the, the whole song is like someone's asking like, Hey, what's that instrument? And they're like, Hey, it's this instrument. And it sounds like this. Um, and then the instrument does something and then they, yeah. And then it like okay. makes some specific noise. Um, it's just, it's an Italian American novelty song. And I just fucking hate those. Like Dominic the donkey yep. is the worst fucking song ever. <laughs> that's, that's an Italian American hate crime. That, no, it really is. Every time I, I hear that song, I'm like, this is a hate crime. Like, I like you should give me reparations for this. You, for this you, song. you flip out like Sonny when you yeah. hear that song. <laughs> I bite someone um, every time I hear it. Yeah, that that reminds it, going going off novelty songs. That reminds me of like um um, oh, what is it? The plucking the bird song, the the French one. I don't know that one. Uh, Louette, uh, oh yes, that, that's, that's that about one. plucking a bird to cook it up. Yeah, it's, so that's and, a hate yeah, crime no, for no, your people. Cultural novelty songs. We have to. We have to. Do some cultural imperialism to get rid of this. <laughs> Just one more, one more bit of loathsome content while we're on it. Um, the guy that plays Archbishop Gilday kind of looks like Pete Buttigieg a little bit. Oh, he does. He does look like an like older kind of version. Face. Yeah, yeah, the nose specifically, like yeah. the nose and like the buck teeth kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie takes place in 1979, right? Um, yep. That's the first title card we see. I do, mm-hmm. When when does the last one end? Somewhere in the 60s. The last one ends in 55. Oh, wow. So it's a pretty yeah, it, significant it's, time jump then. It's a bigger time jump 
it's a bigger fictional time jump than it is in real life. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's why I guess Al Pacino looks so haggard and old and they have to put so much old person makeup on him. Um, mm-hmm. and even like make his hair gray and all that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. F- 58, which is the year, same year as the Cuban revolution. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's a significant time jump. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate it though. I think it's uh it's a good idea and it just makes sense to do. Um, yes. and we start with, uh, Michael receiving the, um, medal of St. Sebastian. The, or, yeah, medal for the order of St. Sebastian. Um, because he essentially just gave a shit ton of money to the Vatican. Right. Yeah. He's gone legitimate. He has the, uh, the Vito Corleone foundation, which is a charitable, charitable foundation. foundation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I really, I loved the reception scene because it's so long like there's a lot of just yes. long scenes in this movie yes um which is good and and i guess like all three of them open with with family parties yep. mm. um very very large boisterous italian american family parties which is, which is totally perfect um and they do it, it's almost like the first episode of like a of a season of television like it right. gets so involved mm-hmm. Um, and like you have all the like the family dynamics, you have like like dozens of nameless children running around, yeah. and like bumping into. I love the children. That was great. <laughs> I mean, it's a motif throughout the film. Even once they get to Sicily, like the children mm-hmm. are just always there. Like someone's always holding some random fucking child who we don't even yep. know what relation they have to anybody. Yep. They're just like there. It's great. Yep. Um, and and even in this one, there there are two uh, older twin women who appeared yes. in the earlier ones. They're mm-hmm. just like nameless twin and they're always dressed like they're just like nameless yeah. twins in the background <laughs> um and i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if it's the same actresses just grown up probably and they're probably it, related just to nice the couple, little, as i bet <laughs> yeah just a nice little connected connective tissue there yeah um but yeah of course mix mixing business with pleasure um a mob boss who is basically michael's successor comes to visit him yeah um joey zaza 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 yeah joey zaza, zaza played by joe mantegna um who's great he's a great actor um mm-hmm. overall in in general and uh yeah so he's kind of like a flashier version of michael too like he's well known yep. like he'd be a household name almost it seems like like he just he's always in the newspaper and he's yep. like cavorting with you know uh, wealthy people and stuff like that um I do wonder if he's based off of um, the character, well, the, the character in The Irishman who is a real person, uh, Joey Gallo, um, who is a, a New York mobster, um, who is also, a, you know, he was a made man, a Don, um, who had that kind of lifestyle. Like, he always was in the paper. He was, you know, sure. cavorting around with, like, people like Sinatra. He was always at the Copacabana Club. You know, he dressed really nice. Um um, apparently Zasa is a he's a composite of um, Joseph Colombo Gallo yep. and John Gotti damn son bam I didn't even have it. to look that shit up look at this <laughs> you, you got a plus two heritage bonus to your knowledge <laughs> check there I mean I've seen The Irishman twice now so uh, yeah. oh you saw it twice <laughs> yeah nice. I've seen it twice now because I'm insane um, and I will yep. watch it again <laughs> on Netflix uh numerous times i'm sure hell yeah, um, yeah, yeah but yeah joey gallo in, in the irishman is played by some italian american comedian um who's done netflix specials and they're all like those like anti-pc culture things 
Andrew Dice Clay. No, he, but he's basically like an Andrew Dice Clay type guy. Um, yeah, he just like all of his shit is just like, hey, kids these days, and I remember when I didn't have a phone, blah blah blah, shit like that. Hey, Limprist, put down your fucking iPhone. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's great. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Joey Zaza is um, that kind of character. Um, oh yeah, and he you know just very much um, rubs Michael and and the rest of the family the wrong way. He also. Um, uh, has uh, like a drug racket i guess and maybe like a prostitution racket as well i wasn't sure on that yeah just shady shit that you know throughout these series the corleones were never into basically but he has beef with um with vincent mancini yes who is um who's uh michael's kind of his illegitimate nephew right yeah he's sunny sunny's illegitimate son Mm -hmm. um notorious womanizer sunny um and Vincent bites off uh, Zaza's ear, yeah, which is great. That was great. Um, very much like when he, um, Sonny bites Rizzy in the first one. Remember when he like he beats that guy? He beats up Connie's husband. Yeah, he, like, he beats the shit out he, of like, him. Like yeah. he like bites he bites him at that part. Right. Yeah, I think it's right, good right. to call back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, at that point, Michael kind of takes Vincent under his wing. Um, Essentially, he, he he had initially wanted Vincent to become legitimate, but um, it, it I was kind of confused at this point. Like, it, is is this when Michael decides to kind of get back into the life and because like 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 this is when he takes on Vincent almost as like his apprentice. Yeah, no, I think he starts getting back into the life kind of the second act of the film i think right, he still wants right, to be legitimate right. here and he wants to bring Vinny into the more legitimate fold like you know have right. make him have a part of the business perhaps yeah. um you know as some low-level functionary um mm-hmm. but yeah slowly but surely um they both get pulled into uh, the gangster lifestyle right um but what Michael Michael's plan to go legitimate is he he has this nonprofit organization the the Vito Corleone Foundation, um, and they've been donating a lot of money to the Vatican, which is greasing the wheels for him to be put into a position to be nominated to the board of directors of um, Immobilere, which yeah. is this old world real estate company, um, and we're told that this would make him like incredibly wealthy yeah one of the richest people in the world in the world it's like apparently the biggest real estate holder they say with like six billion in assets or something like that Mm -hmm. um and yeah the vatican has like a 25 percent share in it i think so they can yeah effectively give michael a position on the board or maybe ceo i mean because he takes over it i think the idea is that he would own the 25 the the controlling interest of the 25 percent that the vatican owns would go directly to him right yeah and then he could maneuver um, his way to take over and sure be the ceo yeah. or something um but to because of the vatican's weird blood cults rules <laughs> they they need they need the pope himself to actually approve that yeah, in rome in vatican city yeah because the pope is is deathly ill yeah um and what else happens oh uh sofia coppola mary um she is worried that the family business is a sham which it is right yeah and she falls in love with her cousin yeah she's she's um effectively the figurehead of the Vito corleone foundation 
Right. Um, I'm not sure if she's exactly the CEO, but um, she she at one point says um, she's talking to um, her dad, Michael, and she mentions her brother, Anthony. She's like, uh, Anthony says that I'm just like the pretty face uh, of the organization. Is Am I a front dad? And he's like, no, 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 it's okay. No, 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 we're real, we're real. <laughs> um, I like this plot point because, um, and we have touched upon this in previous episodes, I forget which one. But um, nonprofit organizations kind of, I don't want to say they're bullshit, but they're kind of bullshit. They're pretty much bullshit. I mean, um, they're pretty terrible. They, yeah, they, they just, at their worst, they function most most effectively as like a way for, for their rich donors to, to write off taxes. Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, yeah. I've worked for nonprofits. I've worked for fairly same, large same. nonprofits that the majority of... Um, time and effort is put into what's called development which is just you yep. know getting rich people to give you money which is asking rich people for money yeah so it's like they put on these dinners and these big events and like that's where that's where most of everybody's time is focused um mm-hmm. and that's where the majority of the money goes and comes from right it's like this yep. circle of just you know going from one person's pocket to the coffer and back all around so it's just you know it's just total fucking bullshit and and I've I've attended a number of these like dinners and and, and fundraising events and stuff and it, it it's just like it it's not dissimilar from like what the Vatican does for Michael in the opening of this movie they, they, it's just like this endless laudatory like bullshit like giving them cakes and giving them titles yep. and giving them medals and like and thanking them and, and everything um, just because they they write a, the six figure check. Yep, every year. Exactly, naming buildings after people like that's a big one um, mm-hmm. in the nonprofit yep. world. Like if you have a building or numerous buildings, like yeah, someone gives you like a few a, million and you just have to randomly name a, a room or like the whole building after them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're we're essentially we're essentially saying that all nonprofit organizations are equivalent to the Sicilian mafia. <laughs> they are, and you know also Morally. there's something that like this film doesn't touch on really, but like. Um, if you need convincing that nonprofits are terrible, nonprofits are a place where like there's generally never going to be a union, you know, because like yes, most yes. nonprofits sell themselves as like doing some like social good, right? So it's like we are yep. doing this great service to the community. Um, there's no reason to unionize. Like we are already like giving you more than you would maybe get at like a minimum wage job. That's the idea, though. It's like you're you're not making as much money as you would in the private sector because you're 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 working for a higher calling. Right. It, exact higher calling aspect is really why, you know, yeah. they, it's discouraged to unionize, um, or that's why people even internalize it. Right. Like if if yes. you're an employee yes. at a nonprofit, you'll internalize that and say, oh well, I probably shouldn't cause like the stir because you know my boss cares about me and I'm doing this for. Uh, you know, a higher cause, n- not just for myself. P- people I have worked with um, at nonprofits before ha- have told me directly, like, I I could be making more money in the private sector, but it, it means a lot to me to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I get that it means a lot. It, it's just you 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 kind of have, and I'm I'm not gonna shame people for taking whatever work they can or, or doing whatever work they consider to be good. Um, but you, you kind of do have to to weigh the material um, effects of, of your employment. Right. At, at, at least to some degree. I, I think it's it, it's worthwhile to do that. Right. And, you know, I mean, if you just look at it um, from the perspective of, you know, as we were saying, you know, the idea that there's this whole department called development 
um, yep. that you know basically wastes millions and millions per year in your organization. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, that money could be going somewhere else. Uh, yep. It could be going to payroll. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it could be going to, going to payroll. It could be going directly to the communities that these organizations purport to aid. Um, or it could be going to the Vatican, which is what uh, <laughs> happens in Godfather Part Three. Yeah, yeah. It starts off. He gives like a hundred million to the it's Vatican. Some amount. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that raises questions in the public as to why he's being nominated for the for the board of Immobiliare, um, which is why. Well, I mean, they they do have to. Go, Michael and his retinue do have to go to um, the Vatican to go through the formality of actually having the Pope bless him and approve it i guess yeah uh, but when they get there um the pope and i forget who comes before john paul the first but the pope at the beginning of the movie is ill mm-hmm. um gravely which happened ill. In gravissimo as one of the characters says <laughs> yeah really quick oh paul paul the sixth was the one that and I, I think he was the wartime pope for he was the pope during world war Two. Oh, okay um yeah, Paul the Sixth papacy. No, okay, he was the Pope that presided over Vatican II. Vatican II, because mm-hmm. because his papacy began in sixty three, um, and he he died in real life in nineteen seventy eight. Gotcha. So he th- th- this Pope is an unseen, this real life Pope is an unseen but alluded to figure in this movie because he he dies while Michael is in Italy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then his successor in real life was John Paul II. John Paul the first who really did only serve as did really did only like act as Pope for like 30, 30 days or something in real life. Yeah. Th- thus giving, thus giving fuel to all the conspiracy theories about the mob surrounding his real life death. Yeah. But I, I think it's really well explained in this film, um, mm-hmm. you it know, uh, to reference uh, what Jeff Andrews um, put in his review. I, it's, I, I was never really confused by it. It made sense. Um, you know, adding the political intrigue, like you said, isn't new to the series. Um, the no, Cuban Revolution is is prominent, um, and just even just like the the politics of the the gangsterism is is in literally every single movie. Um, in the first movie, like Michael makes his bones by killing a corrupt police officer. Yep. In, in, like like these movies are extremely political yeah like for the for the decades in which they take place like i i, I don't know I, I i think that's such an asinine complaint mm. and well i think it's the the star wars prequel effect right it's like yeah. you do something slightly different you know you have a few more scenes of like expository dialogue and it's just something more niche too you know like i, I people don't really care or like the people who watch these movies might not Mm -hmm. care about something like this you know where it's a little more involved and you have to kind of follow it but what drives but like especially i haven't seen all three in a row so quickly um like there there isn't a lot of like crazy like blowout action like 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 i'm thinking of like scarface right sure that's Mm -hmm. the other classic pacino role um another incredibly politicized film um but people do remember it it's remembered in pop culture at large for like pacino just going ape shit and like getting coked up and and blowing people up with his ak but um or his his m16 but like and and i can understand why basically like chud meatheads love that movie but like to love this movie so so much of this series is like 
this slow paced, slow burn, nuanced right. relationship stuff. There there isn't a lot of like infamously violent scene. Like there there are some like like the horse head in the first one. Sure. But and it's the like, baptism um you know, the knocking off yeah, of the, the dawns. Ba- the, an incredible baptism sequence, but like that is like five percent of the movies. Oh, it, if that even yeah. right, it's like two percent mm-hmm. of each one of these movies. Two and a half percent. Right, yeah. yeah, like yeah, split the difference here, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're a math podcast now, folks. Um, <laughs> but no, but yeah, no, I like, agree. Like, so much of it is is just like people talking, and it, it's people talking well, and it's great, and it's atmospheric, and it, it's very rich. But like, it, it it's. This is more of that. Like, like right. part three is more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it's like the gap between films, like in real life, you know. Um, sure. Yeah. And maybe that, like that, that's my work. In, that's my work in theory. Just that the expectations were so astronomically high. Right. And just even like the the public's appetite for a film like that kind of waned in those years. Not so much like yeah. the public's appetite, but basically what we we've been offered in the meantime, right? Like just cinema yeah. had changed. Like American cinema, Hollywood had changed so much in in those sixteen years. I mean, you know, Godfather Two is within. Uh, and one and two is within the new Hollywood tradition where, you know, people mm-hmm. like Scorsese, Coppola, Sidney LeMay are making these films because studios have given them much more control. And then that ends in basically 1980. And then we get like just shit, 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 shit. Um, mm-hmm. Some good stuff, obviously. I, you know, I, I do love the 80s. Obviously, we get Robocop out of that. Um, yes. But like it's just it has it shifts so much. I think people maybe weren't expecting this movie yeah it it doesn't it does not feel like a movie from 1990 no i actually was surprised that it was 1990 i I was like what the fuck this movie was made 16 years later um yeah no it it does not feel like that um i I, a lot of that i'm sure it chalks up to is chalked up to coppola himself just having i'm sure he had like unheard of like a very uncommon level of control for the for 1990 i think he did Um, i mean he had um yeah exactly because i think it's similar to the control he had for the other two films more or less right um and you know he he always wanted them to be like older gangster films so like not very flashy in the way they're shot you know i mean like right there's he wanted to use camera techniques and like just camera equipment even that would have been used for like the original scarface or little caesar films like that Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. so i mean you don't you don't get a lot of like real quick cutting um you get a lot of like really like theatrical type um blocking and compositions yep yep um also introduced i guess is michael's son anthony who has kind of a diminished role in this movie i I figured like as as michael's son he'd have like a larger more prominent role but i guess vincent is fittingly enough with right with the kind of michael tom hagan archetype he's the adopted son Mm -hmm. um Whereas Anthony, he wasn't. He was studying to be a lawyer, but he's like, "No, I want to be an artist." And he runs up. Yeah, he, I thought he was really going to be our fail son, but he is. Yes, not. me too. Um, I thought I thought I thought him or, or Vincent was going to be, but um, they're they're both pretty successful at what they do. Um, I guess for I guess the most we do have a hot take for fail son, but um, Mary, um, Sofia Coppola, she she's more of a fail child, even though she's she doesn't have enough to do to be like a failed child right yeah she just flirts with her cousin and <laughs> she flirts with the cousin and she dies. dies um 
But yeah, so our, our hot take is that Michael Corleone is this is the Phil yep. Son of the Godfather series. Yep. Uh, it is not Fredo. Um, no. Not for this movie anyway. Not for um, any movie. Yeah, Fredo is uh, is cool, and he is not. If you saw, if you call an Italian American Fredo, it is it is not an ethnic slur. Uh, fuck you, Chris Como. <laughs> I forgot about yep. that. You don't call me Fredo. You know what Fredo means. You know what that means. He's the ineffective brother in the Godfather series. <laughs> I'm not weak. I'm not like him. the most Fredo energy response yeah. possible. That actor's um, great. Um, he's also in Dog Day Afternoon, and mm. so is Al Pacino. Um, mm. They're the guys who robbed the bank. Um, don't we have a a, a Fredo uh, Michael story from our from our own past? We do uh, we indeed <laughs> have a uh, Fredo and Michael story from our own past. Um, when we were in college, uh, we had a friend who um, randomly one time we were at a party. And I and this other friend were both film uh, students. Nick was not. Um, and I'm sure we were talking about film or something. We were maybe inebriated. And um, our friend... Definitely inebriated. <laughs> our friend decided to uh, yell Godfather Part 2 and then uh, kiss me on the lips, um, which is what uh, Michael Corleone does to Fredo um, right before you know he... You broke my heart! Yeah. Um, yeah. He has him knocked off. Um, no, no, it, that happens in Cuba. In Cuba, when he finds right? Out that Fredo, yeah. Right, yeah. And then later, he has him knocked off. Um, yeah, so we would just randomly do that when we got drunk. Um, yep. We would just yell. It was known as a Godfather Part Two, and then big old wet smack on the gl- on the on the lips yeah. and grab him by the head. Yep, yep. Hey, um, is it gay to Godfather Part Two, your friends? <laughs> <laughs> hey fellas, is it, gay to, is it gay to get drunk and then on the on the Boston tea uh, while you're drunkenly coming home from a party, grab your friend's hair and pull them in for a for a wet one? Yeah, we did no. that in public sometimes. I forgot about that. That's fine. Yep. That's fine. Whatever. Yep. It's, it's all good. It's not gay, folks. That's the answer. And if it is, it's also fine. It's not gay. It's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Michael. He he he's a fail son. Um, in this movie, he he starts off with all the goodwill and all the success behind him in the world, but he kind of fucks everything up. Um, his wife had left him a long time ago. His, his daughter gets killed. He he's he's nominally successful, but he he kind of just ends up alone and and bitter by the end. Right. So he's like the fail son of the one percent. Just the diabetic thing. Is that like at all referenced in? two or one or just like his his no. diabetes like just pop up here in the third film yeah that it kind of c- comes out of nowhere um i think it was to create a stronger parallel with him and Vito, right because Vito is very ill mm-hmm. um throughout all of one um yeah that that isn't really he, he he's just like in perfect health just because plot reasons it did nothing nothing like that comes up in the first two yeah yeah and i I think it's fine. I think it works in this film. Sure. Even yeah. like you said, it is just a, a direct parallel to Vito. Um, Another Felson moment. He's constantly chomping on candy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he meets the uh, the bishop, soon to be pope. Yeah, he's just like he's having a, a diabetic episode, and he's like, "Oh, can you get me some juice or some candy?" And then like the the bishop just like motions to some other. 
he casts summon Tootsie Roll. <laughs> and like the guy just comes two seconds later with this tray of orange juice and some Italian candies. Um, it's pretty Oranges great. are a prominent uh, motif throughout all three of these movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, it means you're going to die. Symbolizing, symbolizing death. Yeah. Um, either oranges themselves or orange juice. Yeah. Um, I feel like, is this the first one where they, like it was orange juice though? I feel like it's usually just an actual orange. And in this one, like... No, you're, think, you're, you're thinking of Sopranos. When Tony, when Junior takes out a hit on Tony, um, and he's he's in his depression, and he buys a thing of orange juice, and then the the gunmen try to shoot him. Oh yeah, I do remember that. No, but, yeah, but, but throughout this film, though, like there's a lot of orange juice in this movie. In this one, but it's more just actual oranges in the first. Yeah, film. no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the first two is actual physical oranges, and then in yeah. this one, yeah. it's a lot of orange juice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it's like I guess that symbolizes the I don't know the liquidification of, of the American economy or something yeah I don't know like uh, yeah it's the, the maybe same. It's like same. orange juice in like a packaged form that you bought in the grocery store became more popular at that point and that's it's about commodification I, I think it's just and another commercialization convenient, I think it's just another convenient way of, of having the same element in different contexts I, I, I wouldn't read too much into it no nope. I'm going to read too much into it. I'm going to write my <laughs> master's thesis about it now. Um, but about that that scene between um, the soon-to-be Pope and Michael, that I, I really liked that their interaction yeah. um, when Michael confessed his sins to essentially the Pope. Right. Uh, and the Pope tells him, um, "You don't. Th- it's good that you're suffering, and you don't think that you can, but you can be redeemed. Right. Which is... As much a summation of Catholicism as I've ever heard. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's good that you're suffering and you don't think that you can be redeemed, but you can. You can. That, that's that that's the long and the short of it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, really, Michael can't be and isn't. No, yeah. no, and 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 that's that's implicit in the long and the short of it for Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I think like that's some people. Um, I don't know. I, I still have enough Catholic in me. I, I don't want to say that no, that there are some people who are irredeemable, but like there are some people who may as well be irredeemable because they will never change. Right. Yeah. And they will never atone. Um, and, and Michael, like, like the, the, the mystique of, of the mob is that like, they're doing it for honor, which, which Michael says at many times, I, I did it for honor. I did it for, to protect my family, but your family only needs protection because right because of cause, the life yeah, you chose you're in the mob right yeah and and he knows this because he tells this to vincent he's because Vin, he knows that vincent and his in and mary um have a thing um and his objection isn't that they're first cousins it's that um it's to vincent you chose this life and you're my designated designated successor giving her up is the price you have to pay to enter into this life right yeah michael continually says like it's dangerous and that's why he doesn't want mary and and Vinny um to be involved mm-hmm. although like every time he said that i obviously realized like it was because you know he's saying you're in the the mobster lifestyle and you can get my daughter killed if you're involved with her but i also thought he kept saying it's dangerous because like it would be dangerous for you to have children because your child would have <laughs> birth defects <laughs> eh, it's just one generation just to <laughs> make sure that your kids don't do it um but yeah Vinny, Vinny's great um andy garcia um you you had mentioned that he he's very much a proto uh, Christopher Maltesanti like type. Yeah, I mean even he like um, wears the leather jacket like him, right? Like it's pretty great. I mean I guess he sh- Chris also wears more of like the track suits, but those weren't as popular in 1979. 
and and Chris does wear leather jackets yeah. a lot mm-hmm. too. Um, when when he shows up at the reception for the Order of Saint Sebastian ceremony, um, at least three or four different characters like mention um, how underdressed yeah. he is, too. <laughs> <laughs> which gave him a lot of uh, fail sun points. Yeah. Dress shirt, but he, shapes up he has a end. shitty tie, and then just a leather jacket. He's wearing a leather jacket as if it's like a yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> <laughs> is really funny. Um, so eventually, all all paths are kind of leading to the, this this climactic um, opera scene, which I thought was very well done. Yeah. Oh wait, there's one scene that's pretty important that we skipped the the mob bosses. Oh in, in yeah, Atlantic yeah, yeah. City. That's a pretty right, key and, plot beat there. And um, and that that setting. Was great. Yeah, setting was great. It was this super, super tacky, like pink, kind of like mauve. Yeah, um, almost like millennial pink. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like like plush. Um, seemed like a Wes Anderson like, set. And like and like pleather on the doors. Yeah, like like padded pleather. It was so fucking tacky and was so like perfect for like these, these like, like ancient fossils of like like these old impotent like bags of flesh. <laughs> just sitting around like divvying up their money that they stole from people it was such like a good environment for that yeah so it's the commission um which we've yep. referred to previously um in our mobsters episode um the uh the families five families of uh of new york and um they meet in atlantic city in one of their casinos ostensibly and um yep. michael this is when michael tells him hey i'm out of this business uh, i'm going legitimate now and they're like, oh, man, we really want to part of your business. He's like, no, uh, but here's a bunch of money. Here's the money that you've made because I've sold my casinos, and here's like, your shares. Not everybody right. gets a they, share. Not everybody's share is equal. Here you go. It, it's all based on what you invested right. originally. Yeah. So some guys are like, oh, this is incredible. Thank you. And some guys are like, oh, what? Really? I should get more. And notably, notably Zaza's pissed off because he gets like nothing because he's – because he he had an, his family hadn't invested in the beginning, right? Yeah, um, his family's kind of just been more of like enforcers. Like that's what they continually say about him. Like you you're just an enforcer. Um, he makes a big scene and he leaves because he's pissed off. And um, conspicuously, who who is after him? The character uh, Don, Don Altabello, Eli Altabello. Wallach's character. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll I'll get him. He's a he's a hothead. He's an idiot. I'll try to smooth it over, and he leaves after yeah. him. And he even says he's like, Michael, come with me. Come with me. We'll talk. And Michael's like, yeah. no, no. And he keeps beckoning yeah. Michael. Um, and then that that's something this whole series does well. It sets up um, the maneuverings and the plotting of like hits yeah. and assassinations, mm-hmm. like very believably and very um, convincingly. Cause like I I knew it was coming like like when the two of them left I'm like oh so, like something's gonna happen right. but like it, it's still believable and makes sense from all characters' perspectives. No, definitely. I I think the series does that well, um, and it's you know it's of course telegraphed, but that's you have to. It's like you can't just have it be a weird surprise that these things happen, right? Telegraphing isn't bad right. as long as it's done right. well. Yeah, I think we've we're at like a point in our like current like media landscape where sometimes you can read a review of something. It's like, Oh, this stuff was telegraphed like, you know, 50 yeah. miles away. And it's like, like, what do you want? Like <laughs> if so, it's called foreshadowing guys. Like if you don't have it, then it's just a fucking surprise and nothing makes sense. I honestly think a lot of nerds who have D and D brain and are like our, or, or like TV tropes brain right. and are like are yeah. so, are so plugged into the formulas of these things. And they're, they're so, 
they have like their hooks in like the in, in, in like the scripts and the formulas and like like they, they get more of like a technical kind of thrill around like the the writing and the plot the plotting of movies like i think a lot of these people literally would enjoy like a random number generator that like like this procedurally generated plots that like can surprise them or like or like like throw them for a loop and and that kind of novelty is what they want more um which is if that's how you want to consume art fine yeah, but cool, like good for you <laughs> that's not art nope, it's so not. Like you're, you're you play a video game right <laughs> that's what you want right yeah uh, and also i think jj abrams is to blame and Dame, david yes, lindelof oh. and all those guys who created lost yep. basically um yep. it's it's it is indicative of of their their mode of storytelling yep. um it's it's literally his mystery box bullshit, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, yeah, no, I, I really push back, back against that. I think it's awful. I think it's just, it's not a way to tell a story. Of course that tying, tying that back to this, this particular scene is um, the, the very much telegraphed, but very well telegraphed um, hit on, on the commission. Um, most of almost all of whom are wiped out. Um, we are told later that, um, individual members, some of them had made deals with Zaza, and right. that's how they survived. Mm-hmm. Um, but Michael and Vincent and um, well, it's that they Michael's made deals bo- with Zaza after the hit. It wasn't that they made deals before the hit. Um, it's how they like, they didn't get hit again because they just like immediately ran to Zaza. But yeah, Michael escapes by the skin of his teeth, um, and that leads to the 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 line in in one of the old family homes. I think it's like Sonny's old family home. Um, yeah. where Vincent's actually living now it's in the kitchen right um he he says two of the two of the most two of the most famous lines from the series which I didn't know were from this movie in particular I forgot totally as well yeah um it's right when I thought I was out they pulled me back in and um our true enemy has yet to reveal himself yeah great lines or, or has yet to show has his face yet to show, yeah something like that um yeah yeah but both of those lines are from that same scene mm-hmm. yeah the 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 kitchen scene where um, this is the first instance of the the diabetes subplot as well because yep. he has yep. a diabetic stroke and goes into a diabetic coma. <laughs> and he was great in that he he just starts like hollering and screaming. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, what the fuck is that?" He's just yeah. like, just giving it all. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he starts yelling about Don Altabello too. He kind of figures that Don Altabello is uh, in with Zaza yep. on the hit at this point, which is, I mean, it's the next scene, so. Like, I think that's fine, yep. honestly. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. you have to keep these things uh, shrouded in a mystery for very long. No. Like, just fuck you, JJ. Yeah. No more no more mystery no box. More mystery. We're going to find out all this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so then he goes into a coma, and then he gets out and then, of it. Well, well, and then after he recuperates, that's when they go to Italy and Sicily, right. and that's when they... Right. That's when the Pope dies, and... Um, the new pope is, is is nominated and is is elected and um and is pope for a while but before he can ratify michael's controlling interest he is um he is killed mm-hmm. yeah he's he's killed um they just he, he drinks poison poison, yeah, tea, poison I tea that's what it looked like yeah um we skipped another thing though which is joey zaza's uh the hit on joey zaza okay look we're doing a godfather part two thing where we're telling parallel stories okay, gotcha. going back and forth gotcha. through time. All right, yes. yeah, makes sense. Fine. Um, we're we're throwing a bone to the Godfather, the the hardcore Godfather fans out there who who prefer one and two to three. <laughs> um, much like Godfather two, um, the hit on Joey Zaza takes place at a yes. Italian feast. Um, yes, the, is similar to the uh, Don 
Fanucci, I think his name is, hit scene. The Robert De Niro hit scene yeah. from the like 1910s or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he he stalks him at the festival and shoots him when he goes into his apartment. Um, yep. In this one, it's again a lavish festival. Um, they set it up really nicely. Like you, you know, you you see that there's like a you see the cop boots and you realize like okay, this these cop boots probably don't belong to an actual cop. Like you should pay right. attention to this person. You know, when we see this cop right. character later. Um, and then they focus on those guys who look like KKK members who, what's the name of those guys again? You just figured it out. Um, I, I don't know what they're called, the, or something the, the, the like that. Hood, the hood is called the Caparote. Yeah, yeah, the hood, um, right. yeah. It's, it's most commonly, it's, it's most prominently a thing from like Spanish, um, Catholic traditions. Um, it, it, in like in ancient times, it was kind of a mark of humiliation and that's why like they take it on as like the sign of humility. Um, but yeah, it, it actually does show up quite frequently in this movie in particular. Um, but it, it's a cultural Catholic thing and, um, the KKK kind of ripped it off, um, when, when they, when they went through their, their second resurgence. Yeah. So we see a lot of shots of these hooded figures carrying a statue of whichever saint it is. Um, um, they, they just set everything up really nicely in this scene. Um, mm-hmm. Joey Zaza, uh, gets, He's shot his at, money around yeah he's throwing and, his money yeah. around he's like raffling off a cadillac this was funny this, this was a good like kind of like millennial fail something yeah. like the way they baited the way they baited him yeah yeah there's this one young hood who uh he's like jumps on the cat he's like hey fuck you joey zaza fuck you it was a, it was a it was one of lewis's cousins <laughs> it was it was one of my mom's cousins he's, he's older so you know <laughs> yeah yeah okay, okay. but yeah and then he, and he he deliberately and like in like like sadistically keys the yeah, car keys the, the, the Cadillac um, and then Joey's like hey what the fuck and some guys come out of nowhere with like Uzis and they start shooting and um, mm-hmm. then the beneath the Capricote ropes yeah those those guys have like a shotgun though I think I think there's like some random guys with right. Uzis then the, the guys with the robes have shotguns um, yeah. Zaza runs away his like his enforcer guy who's called the ant he gets shot I think by one of the, the hooded figures Right, and then um, and then Vincent, who was disguised as the cop, yeah. and he, he's a, 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 like a mounted horseback police mm-hmm. officer. He he runs down Zaza and shoots yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, shoots him as he's trying to get into a building. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of callbacks to like just the films yep. in general, um, the whole series. Yep. Uh, it's a yeah, it's just a well constructed scene. Yeah, and, th- and that hit was taken out when when Michael was in a coma. Yes. Yeah, he did. Uh, did he, not does, he doesn't yeah, approve. He approved of it. Uh, when he heard about it yeah but it also fuels his support for vincent because he knows like vincent can take care of business i guess right yeah yeah um yeah so then uh we we get to sicily right then we fast forward past all the stuff we mentioned earlier um, <laughs> wait i'm actually gonna go backwards again um uh, before joey Zaza's killed actually there's a scene where um what's his face vincent and mary are in like Joey's has this neighborhood he controls and they're like pointing to the uh, oil company, the olive oil company that Vito started. Um, And then right after that happens, they're going into a restaurant and uh, like these two old ladies come up to him and they're like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta get rid of Joey. Like I don't feel comfortable walking around in in the streets anymore. Um, The white haired old lady is Catherine Scorsese, Martin Scorsese's mom. There we go. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
and just for that small inclusion, Godfather Part Three is better than the entire MCU. Oh, I, that's it's fair true. and true. Yeah, it's true. It's true, folks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the the climax of the movie takes place around Anthony's debut as an opera singer, the lead opera singer, mm-hmm. um, in in this very lavish and, and um, impressive opera yeah. opera house. And that actor, um, uh, Frank D'Ambrosio, he's actually an opera singer. Like he's actually, I, I assume yeah, he so. Started he, in he, he sounds he sounds legit, mm-hmm. and he sounds this is the opera his itself only is, film role. Just like Sophia Coppola, really? this is his only film role. Maybe that's why Anthony had a lesser presence in the movie. Yeah. I mean... Maybe that's part of it. He's not like a film actor, right? And like film acting and stage acting is very different. Um, I can only imagine how different film acting and like opera right, acting. Exactly. Like being an opera singer is. Yeah. Because film, I mean, you got to do things like a thousand times in a row. Of course, like with yeah. theatrical acting, like you do it a thousand times, but it's over the course of like years, right? Or like if your yeah. show is on Broadway for a while or, or, you know, in whatever circuit, you're doing it constantly, but like you're not doing the same scene over and over and over yeah, again in a span of an hour. Um, so yeah, I, that's maybe why he's really not in it for long. Um, and also just... I. I think they originally had Anthony's character in like the first draft of the screenplay um, way more prominent and they, they, they changed things around later and made it more sure. about Michael. I think they were going to try and make the film more about Anthony, but then they changed it to make it more about Michael and, and, and the new Michael character, and Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, it works. Um, all, all this stuff works. Um, Anthony's kind of small role. It, it was just surprising. I guess mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not like, it's not a bad it doesn't weigh down the movie or anything. Um, and in the time leading up to the opera debut, um, Vincent had been getting close to Donald DeBolo until, until Alto, Alto Bello. Bello. Jesus Christ. Alto Bello. Fucking Frenchman. Fucking frog. <laughs> he gets close to Eli Wallach. Um, and he, in him and Michael had planned this. He gives off the impression that he wants to betray Michael because he wants to run away with Mary. Right. Um, and that's why Altobello trusts him um, and thinks that Vincent is plotting to take out Michael when in reality Michael and Vincent are plotting to take out Altobello, um, which occurs at the opera. Um, um, Connie, in the best way uh, possible. It really is the funniest Michael's shit. sister, she, she has more of a... Of, she has more agency and more of a role than either Mary or Kay, yeah, Michael's wife does. in this movie. Yeah, she she maneuvers into um, basically the mob milieu. Like she actually doesn't yeah. like the legitimacy. She rather like the mob. Yeah. Um, you know, gangster racketeering aspect of 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 her family's business. She, her and Michael switch, essentially switch positions. Right by this but from the beginning of the series to the to the end of the series mm-hmm. um she she's the one that like supports vincent the most yep. um which turns out to be the right decision because he's very good at like being a mobster um she's the one that kills altabello she gives him a poison cannoli yeah. <laughs> numerous poison cannolis made by nuns yep, yep. um that um, was incredible and she keeps during the performance. She keeps looking at him with her little yeah, opera glasses, yeah. and Eli Wallach's just like cracking up. And he's like, whenever the song, the music would be going, he'd be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. he'd be humming yeah, along, yeah. and he'd be just like shoving these cannolis. At one point, like he sees her looking at him, and he's like, "What?" Uh, and he's like, it "Doesn't matter." He goes back to just like scarfing down this cannoli whole almost. And 
and that was actually a nice little more, more food symbolism um, counterpoint because Michael depends upon sugar because he's diabetic to live, mm. whereas Altabello, by eating these poison confections, he dies. Yeah. Wow. Nice little We're contrast there. society. Uh, so yeah that happens um and then a very impressive cut it's kind of similar to the baptism sequence Mm -hmm. um in the first one um intercut with with anthony and actually no this is a different kid it's a different kid yeah well i don't know yeah is it i think it is it's it's not anthony being baptized in the first right yeah it's 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 Connie's, Connie's kid son. is being baptized, yeah. right? Yeah, who doesn't appear on this one, right? Um, but yeah, so intercut with Anthony's debut as an opera singer, um, three people are killed are bumped are killed off. It's um, Kainzig, the the German money guy, right, is is murdered, and they they hang him from from a bridge. Um, Altabello is is, is killed with the 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 um the cannoli and then the archbishop or is he archbishop what is he oh the, the, there's actually four four deaths because there's the yeah archbishop the guy stabbed with pete Buttigieg. pete Buttigieg is shot by michael's bodyguard yeah, al neri mm-hmm. and that was actually a really cool scene he's like walking up these spiral stairs and um al neri kind of steps out of the shadows and shoots him yeah and throws him over he's the like edge. in a little like alcove where there's a statue and it's pretty funny he's like psst Psst. And then he's like, what? And he just shoots him. <laughs> that actually brought to mind uh, an anecdote from my own uh, childhood at Catholic school, actually. Um, <laughs> okay. No, like, bear with me, but I'm, I'm serious. Um, so there were these really elaborate, ornate um, marble staircases at our school. Okay. Um, and as kids, we used to slide on the banisters all the time. We would either like sit on the banisters, or um, we would also just like lean on the banisters, like on our stu- and slide down them on our stomachs. <laughs> so like kind of kind of like leaning over. It, it was very weird, but like it was like easier to just do that really quickly. Um, and one time I was out of school sick, and one of my good friends was doing that. He was sliding down the banister on his stomach, and he fell Holy over shit. and he fell down like a story and a half. Ooh, and he cracked his head open. Damn. And so when I saw um, the Archbishop <laughs> fall down like that, I'm like, oh, that's Ryan. <laughs> Damn, son. Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah. Oh, no, he, he's fine. He, he got, um, he got medevaced into, into the hospital and like he, he's, he's, he's like no neurological damage whatsoever. That's good. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah, the, the that's... Archbishop guy dies, so. <laughs> well, he was, was shot, shot first. first. <laughs> But I had an alibi that day. I was out sick. <laughs> the one, the one death in that that I just like rubs me the wrong way is the Don Lucchese death with the, um, with the the yeah. eyeglasses. Like I just this was really comic booky. Yeah, it's, this this was like a little too like something the Joker would do in a Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, it's really stupid. Um, yeah, so it it, it was. Uh, Michael's former bodyguard from way back in the first movie. Yeah, Carl, Carlo, like, Carlo, Carlo. Um, his his Don that was protecting Michael in the first movie. Um, Don Tomasino. Yeah. Um, he was he was killed in in the middle of the movie, and so like as revenge, um, he goes to visit Don Lucchesi, and he's patted down. 
so he doesn't have a gun or a knife or anything. And he's like, oh, Michael, I have a message for you from Michael Corleone. I have to whisper it to you. And the bodyguard's like, don't worry, he's clean, he's yeah. clean. And he walks over. And he he says, I think like power is wasted on those who don't re- who don't recognize it something or something. Like that. And then he grabs his his, his thick horn rim glasses off his head and he shoves the glasses into his neck. Yeah, yeah he, he stabs Don Lucchese with his own eyeglasses. <laughs> yeah, which Yeah. It's especially contrasted with the other three deaths. It's like very implausible and very weird yeah it's like i mean don lucchese's at a desk like couldn't he have like a letter opener at his desk like and he just stab him with that pen pen, like anything like his glasses (laughs) yeah like i don't know it it was super weird um but whatever it it, it's 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 not like it doesn't break the immersion it's not so bad that it's like although it was it was the one aspect of the film i remembered from like previous viewings of it so i think mm. i've seen this film at least once before and i remembered right. i was like there's i'm like there's something weird about the last scene like about the right. you know the um the parallel of the baptism scene i'm like i know there's like one hit that's really weird i'm like oh yeah it's that one where he stabs a guy with eyeglasses <laughs> eli wallach chuckling to himself as he shoves cannoli after cannoli into his mouth is, is amazing yeah though. yeah no he's He's great throughout. Um, he has a cool cane too, like his little cane that he mm. uses. Um, the handle part—it's like a fist. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't really. Uh, it's like that. A, it's like an ivory fist um, that's like bent at the wrist, so it can create the cane handle. Oh, that's cool. Or something. It, that, that's what yeah. I, that's what I thought it was. He kind of he has a, a late motif throughout as well, um, mm-hmm. and the late motif is kind of a reference to Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's kind of like that. That yeah. twang of the um, it's called the Jew's harp or the jaw harp. Um, uh, they, someone was playing that on yeah. screen in the movie. When we first see Altabello, like I think the first shot, um, yep. Altabello and another old timer are sitting together, and he and the guys playing the harp. Um, it's like boing, bang, yeah. Boing, boing, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's pretty. That's it. Yeah, and then and then throughout the film, as we see Altabello, that there's that late motif um, in the score. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's just something Ennio Morricone used throughout, um, his career. Of course, you know, Ennio Morricone doesn't do the music for this film, but I think it's a, a kind of a callback. Oh yeah. It, it has, there's no way it wasn't mm-hmm. Spe- specifically for Walter's right. character. Exactly. So it's kind um, of cool. So yeah, the, the hits are, are successful and, um, kind of leading up to this, this, we had been getting some, um, assassins kind of lurking about in the mm-hmm. opera house um, yeah the assassin who to... killed don tomasino yes. is also in this scene trying to yes. shoot michael with a sniper rifle yeah he he had there was a sniper rifle that had been planted it was kind of like hitman yeah it's like it very hitman hit <laughs> um the the sniper rifle had been planted beforehand and in, in an unused opera box um vincent is head of security but he also is watching the performance so he has these two he has two twins with yeah. him like these these large adult son <laughs> twins yeah they're failed children um, of this, uh, yeah this they're, they're the failed children because they fuck up <laughs> um because the assassin takes out another bodyguard and the two yep. of them mm-hmm. and the way he takes out the twins is super cool um one of the, one of the twins accosts him and like they scuffle and then it happens off screen and then the second twin um, opens up the opera box, like the entryway to the opera box, and he sees the first twin holding up the assassin, like against the wall. And the assassin has like this; 
he looks like he's dead. Like yeah. his eyes are frozen in shock because he's Richter, Rick, Rick Mortis or whatever. And he's like, oh, 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 you got him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the and and then he walks over, and then the first twin body slumps to the ground. And the assassin who had been pretending to be dead yep. stabs the second yeah, twin. It's pretty great. super cool. Um, yeah. It does kind of have like a slapstick element to it, like that whole. Oh like, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah, yeah. like that's, little that's beat cool. with the with the assassin guy like has a very because he's also dressed like a priest as well. He's disguised as yeah. a priest, um, and his son, who's also an assassin, is dressed. He's on stage actually. He's one, he's of, the one act- of the actors. Yeah, yeah. He has like a shotgun, um, and he does yep. this weird as, thing as where he makes role. a donkey noise. That was yeah, that was super so weird. weird. Um I think that was a reference to Dominic the Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Besides from that, maybe it was like um like a pre established call signal, like, oh, I'll make this super obnoxious and distinctive noise and that means like we have a, a we have like a shot yeah, at, right. at Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was weird. Right. So, yeah, the the performance is over. Everybody's leaving the opera house. Um, the That fail son assassin is outside um, on one side of this long staircase. His father's on the other side of the staircase in this gaggle of priests. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the, the son starts, like, braying like a donkey. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And some of the, you know, bodyguards go over to him. And they, like, they check his – he has, like, a prop – shotgun they check it out see if it's real right and then in that commotion the his father the other assassin guy uh takes a shot at michael takes two shots actually with a pistol at michael Mm -hmm. um and and one hits him but then um vincent is able to subdue him and shoot him yeah Mm -hmm. well actually the Uh, priests subdue him the priests like just like grab him like these like oh yeah all the priests (laughs) the priest the priest brigade they all move in (laughs) And then they're like holding him, like they're standing back, like they're holding him, his chest open, and then yeah, he just caps him shoots him right at the chest. Um, yeah. And then it cuts to Michael, and you see Michael on the ground because he was shot like in the shoulder. And then, kind of, camera pans up a bit, and and you hear Sophia Coppola saying, "Dad, Dad," and you see she has a, a gunshot wound right through the chest. Right, um, right. She falls down dead. Everybody starts going ape having, shit. Having fulfilled her narrative purpose. <laughs> yeah, really. That's. I mean, that's that's it. Um, yeah. everybody starts going ape shit. Like everybody's just fucking wailing. It was a really, it was a really good yeah. scene. Um, every Pacino's, he looks devastated. Mm-hmm. He, he, he sells it very well. Everyone plays it very yeah. well. And they also, they, they cut the, the, just the diegetic music entirely for like some of the shots yes. of him, like screaming. We do hear him scream at some point. It's like these close ups of him. It cuts, it cuts back yeah. in at the, the end the, too. The yeah. sound does cut back in and then it kind of just, um, we get an establishing shot of the opera house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it for that scene. And then it's just like fade to older, much older Michael Corleone. At least, at least 20 years. Yeah. Um, they do. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe it's 30 years. And it, it was a contemporaneous to our oh, own time it gets today. to 1990. Possibly. Yeah. Cause if that was 1990 and what Michael was 60. Yeah, probably. Sure. So he's sixteen, nineteen, ninety. Maybe by twenty nineteen, he would be what eighty nine, something like that. Yeah, he looked eighty nine in that scene. Yeah, plausible. Pretty old. Um, yeah, he's just sitting on, on a chair. He's in Sicily at you know some villa. Um, there's just these two little dogs running around. Yep. 
Um, he's eating an orange, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. he just slumps down and dies. Yep. Um, very well shot ending. Very com- composition's great. Um, narratively, it's very fitting. Yeah. Um, super fitting. Like very very bold to just cut to that mm-hmm. from Mary's death, but it, it makes so much sense. It does. Um, I don't want to yeah. see the aftermath. Like it's this is no. way more powerful. Like, no, it's, I get it. We 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 saw the few seconds of the aftermath, and that's all we needed to right. see. Yeah, we don't have to go through her funeral. We don't have to see him like in New York, like skulking around his like penthouse apartment or anything like that. We don't have to see like Vincent trying to get revenge or something like that. Like, and and what what is implied by that ending is is Michael did win. He all his enemies are dead right. at this mm-hmm. point. Um, all his all his enemies, either mafia or otherwise, are dead. Yep. Um. But what at at what cost? And right, we see the cost. Yeah, exactly. He just dies alone in Sicily. Yeah, just um, he came back to his roots. Like he came back to his father's root in his own roots because he he had he had those roots established right. in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally forgot that's how the movie ended. But it's it's great. I think it's really one it's of gra- it's a the great, best endings incredible of any ending. film. Incredible ending to the film and the series as a yeah, whole. Definitely. Um. Yeah, and of course the parallel of just dying of, you know, like a heart attack, just like his father. Right. Just, yeah. Dying of a heart attack, not outlasting all his enemies, not not having a violent death. Right. Um, just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And actually that, that dovetails well with The Irishman, actually. Um, that's mm. the end of Frank Sheeran, um, the, the mafia hitman that uh, the film The Irishman's about. Um, he just dies of... Well, of, thanks for... No, it's not. Thanks whatever. for that. It doesn't matter. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that was the best possible response. Thank you. Uh, he just dies in a nursing home. Like, that's yep. it. I think of cancer. Um, alone. His family hates him. Mm-hmm. And to make the the requisite Sopranos reference to um, Junior Soprano, we don't see him die, but the implication is he's going to die at, soon after the end of the right. series. He's just yeah. alone in the nursing home. Mm-hmm completely mind completely gone from dementia it's always interesting when um you know you have kind of um all different varieties of like how the you like how you will end up in the gangster milieu right like what is the the end game it's like either you die like a bloody terrible death like like sunny um or you you just like die um, early in life, like someone like uh, Hagen, um, or mm-hmm. like you just you get you die like a successful person later on in life, but you're just like alone, and that's it. But there's no point to right. it. There's, there's there's no there's no. I mean, it's cliche, but like you you die wealthy but unfulfilled. Right. Which... And then also, you know, like the the Fredo um, narrative, like you you get killed by someone who loves you. Right. There's there's only one way relationships end, and it's never good. Right. You know, and that's the Sopranos they, they always as well. Like, like the majority mm-hmm. of deaths of main characters, they're killed by their friends and family members. And that ties it. That, that that's it's it's the it's the deadly version of, of the incestuous propagation that I was touching on earlier, right. which is why it makes so much sense mm-hmm. that incest is a not a small part of this of the character beats of this yeah. movie. Yeah, just still gross. I still hate it. Um, <laughs> gross. It's, I'm not debating that. I'm just saying it. It is thematically. Fitting. Yes. Yes. That's true. Um, I, it's a little bit of my uh, my pedantic nerd in me that just can't see 
that and just sure. sees the the exact plot and is like, uh, actually, uh, that's just a bland, bad plot device. Uh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, we also forgot to mention that <laughs> relatedly, uh, Nick Cage produced this movie. Uh, he was one of was the he producers. one of the producers? Nice. Yeah, his name was. Uh, I don't know if he's a producer, but his name is listed in the credits. Um, yeah, but he is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Yes. Um, and that begs the question: if if Sophia Coppola is his daughter, <laughs> and that's a part of her plot line, where where did that inspiration come from? <laughs> yeah. Um, Makes you think. Okay, so I'm not finding it on Wikipedia, but like, I I swear to you, I saw his name in the credits. Mm, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's the the couple of family's crazy. So obviously, Sophia Sophia Coppola um, is uh, Friends of Coppola's daughter. Then we have mm-hmm. uh, Talia Shire is his sister, um, and then I think Jason Schwartzman, I believe, is Talia Shire's son. Okay. Um, and then you have um, Roman Coppola, who is Francis Ford Coppola's son. He's also a filmmaker. Right. Um, it's just the list is on and on. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. So uh, workers of note, who do we got? Workers of note. Um, we have an everyone that w- worked on this movie in, in in any capacity did a really good job. Um, so we're just going to go with a bunch of uncredited people here. Uh, specifically focusing on the art department because um, this movie looks great. Yeah. Um, all all of the settings and locations and, and props and, and the costuming and, and all, all the all that acroma is is done very well. Um, so some people we have here all uncredited. So a special shout out to all these people. Um, we have John Alvin, who's a poster artist, um, and we think it, it's for the poster for Anthony uh, Corleone's opera debut yeah. which is a, kind of a prominent prop um so yeah that, that was an especially good mm-hmm. one um jennifer clinard um lead scenic director or assistant i guess for the northern california scenes um paulo morante um assistant set decorator um oh god this, <laughs> this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a fun <laughs> one massimiliano paonessa that's pretty good um assistant property master um we also have Alex Santucci, draftsman. What is what is a draftsman? Like a carpenter? Um, maybe I think a, well, a draftsman I think is a person who like drafts like plans and like yeah, like uh, architectural okay. like drawings and stuff like that. Like storyboarding or something. Well, no, I think like um, in terms of like set construction, I think this person would have drawn out like this is like how how the set right. will look and this is how you construct the set. Like doing like very gotcha. like technical drawings of the set sure okay i assume i have no idea um, don't quote me please okay uh so quote in this um, <laughs> yeah we also have uh, angelo santucci um probably related to alex um set coordinator um in italy uh michael scarola construction construction grip and louis zamora uh labor foreman yep yeah fitting that the last name for the godfather series would be a lewis hell yeah uh and then he's a laborer just like myself <laughs> yeah yeah he's a, he's a worker um <laughs> I guess before we get to our recommendation, um, one thing we haven't really touched on that much is is the the prominence of Catholicism in this movie. Mm. Like we 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 touched mm-hmm. on it, but like just it, it's it's a super central theme um, throughout all these movies. It's very central 
motif and in, in all the regalia and all the 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 overwhelming influence um of, of that of, of the ceremony and the and the mob um and it makes sense like the vatican is of course after after the mob in america kind of withers and dies in the vine um what's left but the ultimate mob of of the roman catholic church <laughs> like the the um the the lead the lead boss of of it all i guess in some sense yeah big papa mm-hmm. they they shake you down they 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 promise you the world and more and they they just need a weekly donation you know yep got to kick up to god yep. right up to the big man no i think that's accurate um yeah um also we didn't really touch much on like the the business side of things as well i think that's another theme like the um what we did with the the nonprofit discussion yeah that's true but i mean like in terms of like the mafia and business um and this is something we've mentioned before like um like the mafia and organized crime is kind of just like this like hyper capitalist organization and milieu right. um it's it's a it's a more literal um parallel to american business right just with like without the the buffers of like the the, the niceties right. removed i guess right exactly um the stuff that actually happens in american you know like corporate enterprises um but mm-hmm. uh yeah um you kind of take the blinders off uh when you look at uh oh and mobsters in going with the in in in, in the scene where um the immobiliary board is going to vote publicly to approve um Yes. To approve Michael to come mm-hmm. on. Um Mike Michael's giving a little speech beforehand and he mentioned something about like Eastern yeah. business Eastern, efficiency yeah, Eastern, practices. Yep. yep. What, and what is it? Uh, lean lean manufacturing. Yeah, lean manufacturing is, is based is based Toyota on like the productions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's what he's definitely referencing. At least the Toyota production system, which is kind of the precursor to lean methodology. Yeah, it, yep. that was just hilarious. I heard that and I was like, hell yeah. So <laughs> so perfect because like it happened in 79 right before the 80s right. and like that like that was when that yep. all that bullshit came into full swing yeah yeah you have the um there's that ron howard film uh gung-ho which is about that michael keaton plays like a yeah the michael yeah, keaton one yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that might be a movie I, I think it was poorly received so i think we should do that one eventually um i know like uh for a while they were like toyota uh, and just Japanese businessmen in general like would watch that film uh, before they Jeez. went into like you know uh, managing an American plant or something like that. <laughs> so is it like is it like one of the is it like that thing where they would show Armageddon to NASA scientists and like try to find all the flaws? No, I think it was like almost like a instruction manual, like uh, just being like this is how it might go down. Like <laughs> no, that's yeah. what I mean. Like like they're not showing like oh like this is your new American uh, compete like your new American partners and like it's gonna be so right. great. They're like okay yeah. look expect this bullshit. Yes, just like this is how it's yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, that's great. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah Gung Ho has a thirty three percent tomato meter, forty five percent audience yeah. score. On All right, Tomatoes, we'll do that one so. day. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of those films like that have been shown in some kind of like corporate or like government setting and just kind of like, but it's, it's crazy too, because it's like, this is a fucking movie, you know, like apparently George Bush showed his cabinet battle of Algiers, like before they went, before Jesus he started the, the, the war in Christ. Iraq. Yeah. Right. To talk Holy about like counterinsurgency that... and stuff like that. It's like, that's insane. Jesus. Like what the fuck? We, live in a society. we do live in a fuck. society. It's yeah. Um, 
I know a few weeks ago, Trump showed Joker. He did, yeah. He saw Joker and liked it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good film. Yeah. Very good. New York, I've been there. I remember those days. Rudy, Rudy came in. Sometimes I think my life is a comedy. <laughs> then I realize it's a tragedy. Uh, amazing. Um Hey, that actually ties into our broke recommendation. Yes, yeah. it does. Um, so our broke recommendation <laughs> is for uh, resistance libs who are jonesing for another hit of some Donald Trump takedowns. Um, yep. Immobiliary is a real estate company. Um, Hell yeah. So, so Michael is... Uh, Michael would, in the intervening years between the close, the the shooting at the opera and Michael's death... He would have encountered Donald Trump. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he had for a stake sure. in a casino in uh, Atlanta City at some point. Both Atlanta City, New and York Atlanta real Texas. estate, Atlantic City mm-hmm. casino. Come oh on. yeah, for sure. It would, ha- it would, have, it happened. would have happened. I actually was like wondering if there would be like a, a Trump hotel when they're in the Atlantic or a uh, Trump casino in the Atlantic City scene, but it, they didn't really do it in skylines or anything like that. Um, Honestly, we can just we can do a little, little retcon here. That that hotel where the mob. Where the, the commission <laughs> was Trump killed. Tower. It, it was it was gaudy enough to be yeah. a Trump, yeah. Trump perfect. Um, and Sophia Coppola's character Mary is kind of like Ivanka, you know, like the figurehead of this organization, mm-hmm. very much just like um, the weird in, the weird incest yeah. vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan Keaton is kind of like Ivana, um, mm-hmm. somewhat yep. estranged or estranged um, ex wife mm-hmm. type. Yeah. Um, uh, our woke recommendation is for kind of old school internet atheist types um, who hate the Catholic Church and have conspiracy Epstein brain about the Catholic Church, <laughs> all of which is true. Yeah, all true. Uh, but they, they, they still need to gain some more class consciousness to be true lefties. Um, they, they've been red pilled by the internet, so they're already kind of like weirdo crazy people, but like have some empathy and have some class consciousness and direct it at the, at the rich and the powerful, the 1%, because that's... That's where your ire should be directed. Um, it, it's it's not a it's not a anti-Semitic thing. It's not a Catholicism. People, average Catholics are inherently bad. It is people who control wealth and power have a vested monetary interest in doing bad shit. And um, this movie does have themes of that. This movie does have a little Epstein brand. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting that all these films really. I mean the the like the class lens is something mm-hmm. I think like needs to be more examined in terms of these films. And that's why we're here. It's folks. so obvious. Yeah, it is really obvious. Yeah. Especially pro- probably most pro- prominently in the, in the second one, mm-hmm. cause we're, we're contrasting um, Robert De Niro's younger right. Vito, his rags to riches story with Michael's consolidation of wealth and power right. explicitly. Yep. Yeah. If people say that the Godfather films are not political, um, have them listen to this podcast. That is the most ridiculous take it is a possible. Ridiculous take, but it, it's, is, I think a majority of people would say that. Well, a majority of people are really stupid because, <laughs> like, the the saga of an immigrant Italian family establishing a crime empire, specifically investing in hotels and casinos and drugs, and getting embroiled in the Cuban Revolution, and like. In, in infesting the upper echelons of of religion in in economics like how is that not political that 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 blows my mind 
and like that's what these movies are about in in addition to the character work but like it i don't know just super super fans of franchise or franchises are just the, the, the dumbest people in the world it's just about cannolis every one of these movies it's all about, it's about cannolis well eli wallach thought so certainly. yeah and then the first movie the uh, leave the gun take the cannoli this is just yeah. what people remember honestly Set those those things. It's like the AFI like yeah. top one hundred shit. Like that's what people remember mm-hmm. about these movies, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's and it's not exactly yeah. like an individual audience member's fault, right? Like it is like the creators of culture and content um, for the last however many years, however many decades it's been. Like they have made this into this like this this piece of pop culture. Um, div- div- totally devoid from the actual work itself like you know that's the problem with so many like of these really big you know famous yeah important films is that they are not about like the actual text themselves anymore they're about the horse head they're about the take the gun leave the cannoli they're about yep. you know oh uh marlon brando had marbles in his mouth and they're about those things they're about the merchandising of a t-shirt that has you know vito corleone with his cat on it I think the most from for me and before really quick before we get to the bespoke recommendation um for me like the most emblematic thing of that instance of that um was i i had always known the um the marlon brando um his whole affect his whole right the godfather like i i knew that just from so many hacky references it's, it's such old hat at this point um and i had forgotten this line but i knew it like look how they massacred my boy but like his performance in that scene is so not a caricature of what right. it became. Yeah, like it, it's so heartfelt and it's heartbreaking and like he, he it's so emotional. Um, and it really it, that that scene really got to me and like it, the power of that like of that scene with the within the context of the movie as a whole surpassed like the hacky impression that i i knew only through right. pop culture osmosis. yeah exactly um and and that's the power of uh, uh, that's like the power of cinema i guess <laughs> and that's like why watching these things in their entirety and, and letting them play out and letting these slow scenes letting this slow character work play out that's the value yeah. of that no i agree and, and similarly like we said in this film the one of the more famous lines the um you know every time i get out they pull me back in you know i remembered that from um, the Sopranos, right? Like Silvio Dante is always doing his Al Pacino yes, that, in the back room of the butcher shop, right? Yes. And like yes, the yes. way he does it is so like outlandish. But like yep. this scene, it's not yep. that at all. It's so reserved nope. the way he delivers nope. that line. Like it's actually a good the, line. If he did it over yeah. the top, it'd be fucking trash. No. But it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That scene is incredible. Yep. But you know. And it must be said, in. In context, in 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 the in the meta awareness of the Sopranos, it makes sense that a dumb guy yes. like Silvio mm-hmm. would do yep. that over the top, and that because like that that is how people yep. do it, and that's how how people, yeah, I don't know, just Godfather fans are probably up there with like Star Wars fans as the dumbest, the dumbest people. Yeah, no, <laughs> like for hy- sure. hyper hyper fans, mm, the hyper fans definitely, because. Um, I know them all very personally. I can I can say this uh, <laughs> with all certainty it, but that you're yeah. right about that. Um, yeah. So our bespoke um, is uh, more of uh, maybe my perspective than Nick's, really, uh, and that is that this is the best Godfather film and uh, justice for Sofia Coppola. <laughs> I'm, I'm warming up to her, um, especially 
um, especially maybe in, con- in in light of the conversation for this for this episode that we just had, like, I, I again, I, I don't think she was all that great, but I, I do think she was right for the role. It just mm-hmm. maybe needed like a few more years of acting experience yeah. under her belt. No, but I just appreciate that like both her and Anthony are these actors have only been in like literally one movie. I mean, right. Anthony, of course, like we said, actually a theatrical actor. She is not trained at all. Um, but I like that mm-hmm. they weren't like well established people. Like I think it would have tickled me out if it was Winona Ryder, honestly. Yeah, no, that I, I agree there. It, it's good that it was um they, they use relatively unknown people yeah. um like especially like stacked up next to like pacino right yeah but i also think like i think sofia coppola is just like so awkward in the role and the awkwardness mm-hmm. is real like i think it's because like yes. she realized like i'm not a great actor i am acting with some of the greats in these scenes yep. you know people are yep. going to say this is nepotism which is exactly what they said i mean she, yep. she I'm knew sure. that they were looking at other actresses who were like well more established than she is so like i'm sure like the way she acted just came from this place of like insecurity almost mm-hmm. um and i think like that awkwardness people weren't ready for that like they weren't ready to see like no. this fucking awkward of a character in this movie it was like a proto mumblecore kind of <laughs> yeah kind of t- kind of is. type. <laughs> she's like it's she she's yeah she's proto mumblecore. I mean that's totally it. Andrew yeah. Kurjowski, eat your heart out. Uh, yeah, like like when she's trying to like um, seduce Vincent in the beginning, like it, it it's like a like a little kid playing yeah. dress up almost. Mm-hmm. Um, very very appropriately inappropriate and very appropriately like awkward and, and kind of creepy yeah like like she, she's trying to do this role that she's not ready for and that that isn't really kosher yeah um so yeah yeah I'm, I'm, i think i think you're you're winning me over here <laughs> that gnocchi scene is disgusting i hate it so much the gnocchi flirtation scene oh, oh my god it's like the grossest thing what rod doe doesn't turn rod you on like, and he like has her hand his hand over her hand it's just like it really accentuates the fact that like sh- she's a child like it's just she, she seems like way younger than him in that scene and that, she's probably not they're probably actually close in age no they're not because we're told when they meet each other oh he was 15 i was eight and i was eight years eight. old checking yeah. you out when you were 15 yeah, that's true which I, it's like a cute little childhood crush i get that but like it becomes something more and the yeah. creep factor ratchets yeah. up pretty quickly. Hey, this also ties into the Star Wars prequels with Amidala mm. and Anakin. Another May, May December romance yeah. with Amidala yeah. and Anakin. But that one was woke because they flipped the genders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, have you ever played the Godfather game? No, but I was I was reading a little bit about them. Um, apparently, you play... It's a random guy. You play a soldier... Um, and you 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 do a lot of the hits. Yeah, you do. That, it's it's like a shooter. You, you take yeah. You actually do a lot. You of the kill hits all the, the people movie. in the baptism scene. Yes, yeah. that's the final mm-hmm. level. Um, you bec- and you. I think you can become the Don. Like there, there's some like post post ending content where that if you keep playing a little bit, you do become the Don. Yeah. What happens is I think you take out all because I think. What happens is like other people take over the territories again after the game and you can just kind of go and take all the territories back or something and then you become the Don once that happens. I don't remember. Um, it's been a long time since I played it. Yeah. I mean, um, I know Coppola hates it, but I mean, <laughs> fuck him. Um, I think there was a second one as well. I didn't play that one though. I don't play the first one. So there was one. 
that came out in 2006. Yeah. That, that was the first one. And then there was a sequel in 2009. Yeah, I didn't play that one. Yeah, based on the second movie. Oh, really? Um, I know they also made a, a, a Scarface game where yeah. um, where he survives the shootout. Yeah, shootout I haven't played end. that game. Um, I have played Mafia 3. That's a pretty good game. Yeah. That's yeah, the one that's yeah. not... Well, it involves Italian-Americans, but they're the bad guys. You play as uh, Lincoln is his name. Uh, um, um, he's an African-American veteran of Vietnam who the right. Italians try right. and kill. Um, they're unsuccessful, mm-hmm. so then he gets revenge. And he, But it's it's very similar to the, the Godfather game is in which you just like take territory, more or less, and then there's an overarching right. story. Um, and sh- shooting, driving yeah. elements. It's yeah. fun. I mean, you know, those kind of cool. games are fun. I think there's value in them. Um, just like... Put it on, play it. That's mm. it. Don't really think about it. <laughs> Unlike these films where you got to put them on and you got to think about them. You got to put them on, engage yeah. with them actively. actively. <laughs> Unlike the majority of people who watch these fucking movies. Oh, like a majority of Italian Americans <laughs> who just turn them on while while Thanksgiving dinner is being made. Yeah. Um, or something. Um, there's a great scene in The Irishman where uh, it involves the Joey Gallo character, actually. Um, he mm-hmm. kills a guy who's in one of those Italian American civil rights groups. Um, or he has him killed and then he sees joe pesci who plays a mob boss with the pin of that civil rights group on and joey gallo goes to joe pesci russell buffalino's character who's like you believe in that shit and um it's just the way joe pesci acted this scene and the line he said like reminded me of my family so much he just says uh it's italian it's it's all he says that that self-consciousness and that like that weirdness about like yeah i believe it i like it i like it, I I like it just because it's like my heritage that's it it's just incredible um so that's kind of like that that movie's kind of like our heritage is like smashing into each other yeah it's like it's like the the irish the irish mob like clashing with the italian mob right? well no i mean it's not the mobs don't clash it's like yeah he's he's irish he's an irish hitman sure um who got sure. embroiled in the philadelphia mob right okay. mm-hmm. so maybe not. no not that really i mean if it was like boston then maybe but it's not mm. it's philadelphia yeah well <laughs> folks we we uh mobster month is officially sleeping with the fishes now yeah. thankfully um, it, jesus it's, it's wearing the concrete concrete <laughs> shoes um uh, yeah i'm really glad it's over i mean yeah, we ended out on a bang really, here. I know we made that joke last yeah, time, the, but I mean, uh, yeah, we we ended on a strong note. But like, God, some of these movies are really bad. <laughs> awful. The Kitchen, awful. Mobsters, awful. Mm-hmm. Shark Tales mm-hmm. is fine, but just it's 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 just a kids movie. So yeah, folks, um, stay tuned for our next theme month. No, no, fuck that. <laughs> no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Yeah, but yeah, we got a lot more. We got a lot more exciting content coming up soon, yeah. and we'll see you then. See you then, folks. Hey, compare, ci vuoi suonare? Chi si suona un friscaletto? E come si suona un friscaletto? Un friscaletto e tipiti tipiti ta. Hey, compare, ci vuoi suonare? Si suona un saxofono e come si suona un saxofono tu 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 un saxofono un friscaletto tipiti tipiti ta 
Hey, Gumbari, ci vuoi suonare? Chi si suona un mandolino? E come si suona un mandolino? A pling, a pling, un mandolino, tu, 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 un saxofono, un friscaletto, tipiti, tipiti, ta.